Father, Lord, here I am. I, um, I really wanted to come in and be excited to see you this morning, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling, God. I'm struggling. I know your word. I know your promises. And actually, speaking of the promises, you've given me a lot of promises that uh, I feel like still haven't come true. Not just in your word. There's things you've told me about my life and my future, my family, and I've not seen them. And God, it makes me frustrated. I, I think of people whose health issues I've prayed for and the struggles that they're having, God, and I'm praying your word. I'm standing on your word and I'm not seeing it. God, I'm, I'm looking to you for guidance, for direction, for counsel. Lord, your word says that you are the spirit of counsel. And yet, where is it? I ask you for wisdom all the time and I know your word says that you give it freely without finding fault. And yet, I'm so struggling to stay on one thought. I'm so double-minded. But God, I know you. I know you. I know your word. I know who you are. I know what you've done. Lord, I can look at my life and I can say, I've seen you. I've seen you at work when we were struggling. I just remember being in the midst of a remodel and having spent everything trying to get this house ready. And then we get a bill we didn't expect. And we were struggling and we began to pray. And God, in the middle of that, I just had to laugh because I've been learning to know you as father. And it is ridiculous to think that a father, you, the perfect father, would not provide for a child in need. And God, I remember that that day was hard, but I could laugh in the face of it because I turned my attention to you. I turned my eyes to you. I saw you bigger than the problem. And God, I remember that the next day the money came. And I remember that there was a story behind it that you had been unfolding. It had been in process way before it actually showed up. You had the ball rolling before we ever had the need. And we were just playing catch up. And so Lord, I exalt you this morning. I got a lot of things on my mind, but I want to set those aside right now. And I want to declare that you alone are God. That your word is true. That you are faithful. That you never fail. I don't have to feel it. I know who you are. I know who you are. And so I bless you today. King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus, I thank you that you have shown me the Father and made a way for me to know him. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you came at the will of the Father and that you teach me about Jesus so I can know and see the Father through him. I know the heart of the Father because I've seen the life of the Son. I know the heart of the Father because I saw the sacrifice that was given so that I could belong to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God, everything that I have that's weighing me down, I just want to give to you today and I want to receive your peace. And I choose that, not because I feel it, but because you gave it to me and I know what it is. And I'll believe you until I see it work itself out in my life. And so thanks, Lord. I trust you.
In John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. And he says, this is life, eternal life, to know you and the Son whom he has sent. I like the Passion Translation because it says eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and Jesus, and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the one whom you have sent. And I want to acknowledge the fact it's really hard to know and experience somebody that you can't see. But that's why he sent his son. And it says, sorry, I got busy crying back there because I know it's true. It says in Colossians 2 that the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And because of that, when Jesus walked the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And today we're going to camp in John 14, primarily around that verse. And we're going to talk about the fact that you can see and know the Father through the person of Jesus Christ. And I know that that's not easy for everybody. In fact, uh, when I was a kid, I, I was fortunate I had a good family I was raised in a Christian home. We had relationship with the grandparents and the cousins and aunts and uncles and all of that was wonderful. And I was raised in church to know Jesus. And yet, for whatever reason, I grew up with all these problems, um, emotional issues, rejection, whatever. And so um, while my parents were trying to serve me, love me, help me, and guide me, I was doing my own thing, increasingly. And I think a lot of us do that to the Lord. And for me, you heard about Josh and his circumstances. They were following God, and God took them through a season that was very difficult. I chose my own way. I turned my back on the Father in heaven. I rejected the teachings of my parents for a season, including grandparents. And I landed up living in a storage room in the back of a garage depressed, on drugs, doing all the dumb things that you would do if you were in my position for nine months. And during that time, one of my friends would show up every day after he got off of work and he would poke his head in because I didn't use the door. I used this little tiny crawl space. I had to walk through this densely packed garage and I would crawl into my little home and uh, my buddy would poke his head through the door and he would say, hey, have you eaten today? And I'd say, nope. I was still in bed when he showed up, five o'clock, because I was depressed. I didn't know it, but I was depressed. And he would say, all right, let's go, get dressed. And so I would get up, get dressed, and we would go to Taco Bell. You guys, how many of you guys remember the 39 cent menu? <laughs> right? That saved my life. <laughs> because for a dollar, or maybe two dollars if he was feeling generous, he fed me at least one meal every day. And then uh, 
I would go up and visit my family, at least for the holidays, special events. And when I would get there, somebody would always slip me money because they love me. They always took the risk that I would just go spend it on drugs, cigarettes, candy, and alcohol, but they gave it to me anyway because they love me. And so provision was there even if I was going to misuse it. And how many of you know those two examples are the Father? If there's anything good happening in your life, in the midst of maybe you turning your back on God like I did, it's the Father. He's the one who makes sure that you're cared for. Even when you turn your back on every wise counsel and live for yourself and live in a garage, not in a van down by the river, But we get to make our choices, and he won't override your will. And so you might struggle like I did, and it might be a long haul like it was for me. But he'll keep you above water. He'll keep you afloat. And that's only the beginning. And so today I want to talk about knowing the Father by seeing the Son. And uh, I just want to pause for a minute before we dive into that. This will be our key passage, but um, if you just, can I ask you guys to close your eyes for a couple of minutes? <clears throat> Obviously, if you're online, you don't need to, but um, I know that not all of us have had a great experience with a father. Uh, I know that it's Father's Day and that that can be super difficult. Even the word father for some people is a little bit uh, disruptive for them. And so um, I just want to acknowledge, maybe you loved your dad, but he passed away and you still feel the pain of that. And I, I just want to say I'm really sorry for that. I hate that life includes that. Uh, but some of you, your experience was that maybe you had an okay dad, but he made a few bad choices or just had a bad day. Or maybe it was just that one conversation he thought he was being funny but it just nailed you at the core of who you are and it's never left. And I've met people who are even seniors in life and they've never had healing for that thing. They're still affected by that one word from a dad. Maybe you had a physically or at least emotionally absent dad. Maybe you had a flat out abusive dad, a violent dad. And maybe that wasn't the case, but maybe it was a stepdad or an adopted dad or somebody who was a father figure for you. Maybe it was a mentor or a coach, a teacher. Uh, maybe it was somebody in the church, a spiritual leader who you looked up to as a father figure. And so I want to ask you today, as one who is a father, is a mentor, is a teacher, is a coach, is a spiritual father, actually in this house and also in other places, could you just maybe let me stand in the place of that person who hurt you this morning and just ask for your forgiveness? 
could you forgive us? Can you forgive me? It doesn't mean that what happened was right. In fact, the reason that it needs to be forgiven is because it was wrong and it left a mark. But that thing will continue to leave a mark until you let the Father touch it and you forgive it. And so this morning, would you forgive us? Would you forgive us as imperfect examples of what the Father's like and what he looks like? Would you forgive us for speaking to you in a way that the Father never would? Or treating you in a way that the Father in heaven never would? And I just want to invite you, if you've done that this morning, would you just take a deep breath and just blow it out? Just let it go. The Father never intended for you to have to carry that. It wasn't his plan for that relationship to be that way, and sin has scarred it. But today we're going to talk about what it means to come out of that. And so I'm going to invite you, you can open your eyes if you'd like. Thanks for doing that. I want to invite you right now, if you're willing to at least try that, or if maybe you feel like, yeah, I know God's my father, but there's a depth to it that's not there yet, or you're like, man, I really don't know his love the way that other people talk about it, would you just invite him to refather you today? Would you just do, say this with me, Lord, would you refather me by the Spirit of grace? Would you refather me today? And uh, if you're online, would you just type it in the chat? Refathered. Refather me. And you know what? I, I prayed that prayer not all that long ago because somebody led me to do that. And I thought, okay, that sounds good. And it really has started to change some things for me. And so um, it's not just a, a nice prayer. It's a, what I would call wisdom. You're giving the Father the go-ahead to come and teach you how he's different from your previous experience. And he's waiting to do it. So, um, that was kind of a long introduction to where we're going. But uh, we'll cruise through the rest of it, and it'll probably stay lighter and simpler. Um, this morning, I just want to do a couple things. I felt like the Lord gave me some things that he wanted to work on um, because we were going to walk through that forgiveness thing. Uh, I felt like this morning that he said that there's some people who've been experiencing just uh, a series of bad dreams throughout the course of their life. And it's like, for some of you, it might even be so bad that you feel like, man, I don't really like to go to sleep because of the dreams that I have or the thoughts that I have while I'm waiting to fall asleep when I have to deal with my silence. And today I want to tell you that the Father is going to remove that from your life. That that needs to end and he's going to deal with it because you've said yes and okay. Because you've let go of the past and forgiven your dad. He's going to take that burden and that affliction from you. I felt like he said um, night terrors, bad dreams, and things that are related to sleep. Um, I also felt like he said that he's going to take psoriasis that he's going to heal psoriasis this morning. And he's also going to heal acne, which I'm like, 
Well, you could have done that for me about 40 years ago. That would have been cool, but um, it wasn't so bad. And then obviously fear, or maybe it's not that obvious to you. But how many of you know that growing up in a home, the father's intention was that the family was going to be the place where you were provided for, where you were safe, where you found out your identity, your potential, and you were supported, protected, and loved in that process so that by the time you became an adult, you had some foundation in place to go and live who God intended you to be. And we just talked about the fact that for most of us, at least in a little way, that's been hindered. But God wants to fix all that. And so I was just thinking about this recently. Um, you know, I, I not only had my dad with me, but I worked for my dad for a long time. And so when I was working for my dad, he used to just teach me wisdom, right? We were electricians and... Uh, he taught me about business. He taught me about how to think about serving clients, not um, demanding things from my clients or that kind of stuff. And I had to laugh. I got to thinking about that. And I just want to say this as an encouragement to you. Maybe you didn't have a good dad or a wise dad, or maybe you didn't have a dad at all. I realized that everything I was remembering and talking about that my dad taught me, I can find in the Bible. If you didn't get it, there's still time. It's still available. And the Father wants to teach you. And so um, <clears throat> we are in the middle of a series called 1,000 Names. And obviously, we're going to talk about the Father this morning. And um, yes, the series 1,000 Names is based on the song by Phil Wickham, 1,000 Names. And... Um, I just want to say this to you, and we're going to rush into this. The Father doesn't want you to just call him God and Father. He wants you to know him as God and Father. In fact, all of Paul's letters to the, uh, to the Galatians, the Romans, the Philippians, all of those, in every single one of them, he starts them by saying, our God and Father, because it's that important. Jesus came and he spoke about the Father, and, and Paul said in Galatians uh, and in the book of Romans, that we have been given the spirit of adoption. So if you have given your life to Jesus, if you've become born again, if you believe that he came from the Father, paid for your sins, was the, the manifestation of the Father, and died for those sins, and that God raised him from the dead, and you have confessed him as Lord, you receive the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of adoption, which means that technically you've already been refathered, but you need the experience of that. And just like um, my dad taught me to be an electrician in the beginning, I knew about electrical. But by the time I quit, I knew electrical. Now, obviously, I could learn a ton more, but I owned it. People would come to me and ask me questions. I still get phone calls from people asking me, hey, what about this? How do I do this? Hey, I'm, I have this wiring issue. Because I know it. I have experienced it, and I've fought through it. And that's where we're going with the relationship we have with the Father. Um, about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, people started coming to me. And they would say, hey, God was speaking to me about you. Or maybe I'd be getting prayer from somebody and they'd be praying over me. And they would start to say in some form or fashion, the Father is calling you son. He's calling you son. 
He's calling you son. And after a while, I'm like, okay, I, I get it. You need me to understand son. I thought I did. And in the process, he would say things like faithful son, pure-hearted son, trusted son. And they would come up over and over and over. And I would struggle because I didn't feel that. I knew me. How many of you wrestle with what the Bible says? Because you know you, right? And so I would actually find myself praying and saying, God, do this in my life. The whole time he's saying, I already said it's there. But I couldn't see it or feel it. And so I, even though I've been walking with Jesus now since I was 25, I'll be 50 next year, um, there was still some gaps. There's some things I didn't understand. And so um, I realized it and came to realize that I really don't trust the Father the way I think I do. I don't really know the Father the way I think I do. And so I want us to go back to John uh, chapter 14 and look at the context of this passage where Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14, 4. And uh, Jesus has been with the disciples. They've been with him for more than two years now. He's been teaching them. They've walked with him. <clears throat> They've seen the miracles. They've heard the preaching about the Father. He's modeled for them over and over what the Father is like. He's told them about heaven and the kingdom, the Father's kingdom. He's done miracles for them. He's done miracles in their presence, and they have done miracles with him. And then he says, oh, and you know, guys, um, I'm going to need to leave soon. I'm going to be going, but I'll come back, but I'm going to be going. And he says to them, you know the way to the place where I am going. Simple enough. He is truth, so that's probably a true statement. And then I love what Thomas says. Thomas says, uh, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And I'll put a picture of my son up there right now because this is totally the season he's in. We will say something to him or tell him something that's true or tell him something that we've said. And he'll say, no, no, that's not how it is. No, that's not what you said. No. And this just reminds me that when you get saved, you start as a child. When you start to walk with Jesus, when you start to know the Father, you start like my son who's six. So Jesus says to him, okay, but I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know the Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Again, he is the truth. And then Philip chimes in. Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. I know what that feels like. I've been doing that with God for 25 years. God, I think I have it figured out. And then 
Nope, okay, now I think I have it figured out. Oh, no, I think I have it figured out. And then one day I'm like, yes, I get it. And he's like, I've been telling you that for 25 years. But you know what? I love that God gave us the record so that we could know that it's not just us. It was the process that he knew we would go through as his children. And and so Jesus doesn't rebuke him, but he is a little surprised. And he says, don't you know me, Philip? After all, after I've been with you for so long, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And I imagine... The Father in heaven is just thinking to himself, oh, Philip. But you know what? Again, I'm I'm really encouraged because these are the guys who lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, taught directly by Jesus, and they were uh, like hand-trained, if you will. And they missed a ton. And yet, by the way, one of those men was Andrew, who was previously a disciple of John the Baptist. Do you know that John the Baptist's ministry was to baptize in order to reveal the Messiah? So here they are. They're baptizing people for repentance with water so that when the Messiah comes, they'll know who he is because the Father has already laid out the plan for that. And John's disciples get into an argument with this guy over hand-washing, legalism, hand-washing. And so they come back to John, and they're like, that guy, that man, Jesus, the Messiah, everybody's leaving us and going to him. Your ministry was to reveal him. And now that he's come up, you're jealous of him. It's all through scripture. All through scripture, there have been people who didn't get it, didn't understand. And yet, did you know that Jesus said that those were the disciples that the Father gave him? The Father picked those guys. Jesus prays back to the Father and says, I didn't lose one that you gave me. Oh, except for Judas, and we knew that was coming. The Father chose to send the Son, and the Father chose to give him the disciples the ones who were going to need a lot of help. Just like you and I. And guess what? Those same men, those same men became the 12 that in this life became his apostles and basically founded the church. And they also get to be honored in heaven as the leaders and authority over the 12 tribes. And they started like this. And God, the Father, was not surprised, and he was never mad, and he never rejected them. He just kept fathering them through the Son. And um, that's what my son is going through right now. He's being fathered. He's being trained. He's being taught. He doesn't know, and he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He thinks he does, but he doesn't. 
But as we go through this life over the next 18, 20, 25, 30, or however long he'll listen to me, he'll learn. Because I'm not just going to tell him. I'm going to continue to know the Father so that when he sees the Father, he'll see me. I mean, sorry, when he sees me, he'll see the Father. And I'm going to keep showing him Jesus because Jesus is the revelation knowledge of the Father. In fact, the covenant that we have says he's going to forgive all of our sins and remember our trespasses no more. You don't have to fear that great punisher in the sky. It's not who he is. He's like Jesus, who when they brought the woman caught in adultery said, okay, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And they were all like, okay. And so they left. And so he, um, he says, all right, so where are your accusers? Oh, they're gone. Okay. So I don't, I don't accuse you either. I don't condemn you either. Go ahead. And just don't do that again. How many of you know that she didn't automatically become perfect and sinless in her actions and thoughts? She still had to grow. She was introduced to Jesus, but it was still going to be a process. And the Father knows that. And Jesus knew that. And so this morning, we've been going through this series. In this series, we've been talking about um, the Lord who sees us, that he's sanctifier, provider, and love. Uh, And there's one more, one more that we've talked about so far. Any of you remember? He's good. We sang, he's a good, good father. And, um, man, Lord, thanks. Uh, As children, on this earth, we grow up, every single one of us, best dad, worst dad, we grow up with a wrong understanding of who the father is. Because even your dad was in process. And it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, that's my lot in life. But the problem is that not only did the Father send Jesus to teach you, tell you, and show you the truth, he left the Holy Spirit for us so that we were set up for success. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads you and guides you into all truth, reminds you of the words of Jesus, teaches you the gospel and it's the power of God when you, just like I walked up the stairs as I began to turn my attention to the truth, I began to ascend. When I come into the presence of God based on his truth and his word in his spirit, I can boldly stand before the Father because of the Son. It says that we can have our conscience sprinkled with his blood to cleanse us from a guilty conscience so that we can come right into the throne room fully loved and accepted. This is what Father wanted to do for you. And so he sent his son. In fact, the Bible says if we remain in the light, in other words, the light of that truth, that reality, we have fellowship with one another because we've received reconciliation this way too, as well as this way. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you. So the Father never wanted you to live with the awareness of what's wrong with you or anybody else. And so um, Jesus said this way. He said, 
Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. John 17. How many of you know Jesus knew the word, but he also was the word? He knew all the Old Testament scriptures. In fact, when the enemy came to tempt him, he said, is it, it is written. And he quoted some scripture that was in direct response to the type of attack that the enemy was, the type of temptation the enemy was bringing. When I look at the life of Jesus, I see that he constantly had the truth coming out of his own mouth. He rehearsed the truth. He didn't talk about how bad the circumstances was or, or he didn't even dwell on how bad the disciples were doing. He constantly returned his focus to the Father over and over and over. And he would say things like when he stood before Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. Do you want to know why Jesus was able to call Lazarus out of a tomb? Because he knew the Father. Because he knew the truth. And because of that, he knew exactly who he was. The Father said to him when he was baptized, when he came up out of the water and the Spirit came down like a dove and remained on him, the Father said to him, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How many of us would live a completely different life if we knew that we knew that we knew that we were pleasing to the Father all the time? And how many of you think that you might believe that when you pray, God might answer immediately if you really, really, really believed that that was true? That he loved you that much? That you had the favor of God on your life? And by the way, you have the favor of God on your life. The Bible says that when the angels came and announced Jesus' birth, they said, peace on earth, goodwill towards man, on whom his favor rests. That's us. We don't need to ask the Lord for the favor. We need to start telling ourselves, I have the favor of God. In fact, uh, in Psalms 5, David said, that God blesses the righteous, he surrounds them with favor like a shield. How many of you know that you'd probably be a little less fearful if you believed that you had the favor of God on your life all the time? Guess what? You got the favor of God on your life now, right now, in this room. When you go for your interview, when you have that hard conversation, when you go to bed at night and you're not sure if you'll be able to sleep, when you have to do the hard thing or go through the hard situation, you have the favor of God on your life. His eye is on you. And so I want to just, as we kind of wrap things up here, I want to do something for us. By the way, Jesus also said when he's speaking to the disciples, it wasn't just in prayer to the Father, but when he talked to the disciples, he would say the truth. He said the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And I want to invite us this morning to begin to maybe change, some of you might already be doing this, but maybe change the way you do quiet time. Maybe you change the way you read the Bible and you talk to God. And so um, I want to invite you to read for relationship with him, not to find out what you need. I'll just give you kind of the punchline here, if you're trying to figure out what you need or how to get in his presence or how to fix the thing that you're dealing with, your eyes are on yourself and you will not find 
what you're looking for. And if you do, it'll be a fight to get there. And that's why when I started praying, I was down on the lower steps in the back because that's a physical picture of what's going on. You're trying to come into the presence of the Lord. You're trying to step into the throne room, but you're not focused on the truth. You're focused on yourself. You're focused on the situation. And Jesus said, those who worship him will worship in spirit and truth. And all of our relationship flows through spirit and truth. Not just when I'm like, oh God, you're so wonderful. And so I want to invite you to do that. So maybe you find a scripture like, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. Well, fight through that. What does that mean? And at the end of the day, you're in the Christ. He hears you. He always hears you. But you need to know, like, what's the connotation of that? And then I want to invite you also to watch your mouth. (laughs) Watch your language. Not all of us are very good at focusing on the good thing, the true thing. A lot of us are pretty good at rehearsing what's broken, what's wrong. We state the facts, but you know what? When you get a revelation of the truth, a lot of times the truth changes the facts. I find myself, because I have been praying for people who are going through really hard stuff, I I find myself telling people all the details about the person that I'm praying for, and I'm realizing the Lord's like, stop, you're just convincing yourself that it's bigger than I am. I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm so sorry. And so um, I want to encourage you, when I started this process, I started just trying to get in the presence of God. Father, I know that you're the truth, the way, the light. I know, da, 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 da. And I could get into his presence that way anytime I wanted. And then I began to learn to rest in that truth. And so I could just turn my attention to him. And most of the time, his peace would come or his joy would come. His presence would come. So I started doing that on the job when I was in construction. And then I started hearing his voice or verses would come to mind or people would come to me with their problems and I'd get to pray for them. And I wasn't distracted because I was full of the spirit because I was living in the presence of God and things would change. People would get healed. They would encounter the Lord in some fashion. Um, But over time, I stopped just quoting the verses or declaring the verse, the truth of the verse. And I started using the language of the verse to have my conversation with the Father. Father, I thank you that just like Jesus, every time I open my mouth, you hear my voice. And I thank you that because of the righteousness that Jesus has given me, you see me clean just like him. I am your dearly loved son. And Lord, even though I'm still in process, I know that Because I'm your dearly loved son, you show me all you do. And increasingly, I'm catching it. Increasingly, he's teaching me his ways. And I'm hearing his voice more clearly, whether it's a song that he drops on my mind or my heart. Or a still small voice. I don't often hear an audible voice. That's very rare. I've even had people speak to me some word of wisdom or like some voice, like, direction. And I know that I know that when they spoke, I'm like, that was God. And it comes from being with him. And so um, if you will begin to choose to use his language to have relationship with him, not just call him father, 
get to know him as father his way, what will happen is you'll find that your life begins to change. You're washing your, water, your, your brain with the water of the word. How many of you know that right now while I'm talking, your brain is rearranging? It literally is creating new pathways, trying to find a place to put the stuff I'm talking about. Well, for most of you, this is the only time I'm going to talk to you, maybe this year. Well, hopefully not in the room, but um, that's not a lot of influence. Guess whose voice has the most influence on the wiring of your brain? Go ahead, say it. Your own. Your brain is wired because of your voice as much, if not more, than anything else. So when you begin to agree with heaven, even before it's your experience, even before you feel it, you're actually opening the door for transformation in your own life. And God set it up that way. It's actually in the Bible, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is. Or let me say it slightly different, so that you can become the testament of the will of God, so that you can begin to experience what you know. And here's the bottom line. We live in a broken world where the family is under attack and fathers are, are becoming less and less present. There's a lot of unhealth in the family. But the father's plan was, I'll send my son. And you are now, if you belong to Jesus, you are now a son. And the father's intention is that you know the father through the son so that you become like the father. So that when they see you, man or woman, how many of you know he made us in the image of God, male and female? When they see you, they see the father. When they look at the church, they see the father. And we've not done that well. And I would like to declare to you this morning, the piece that's missing is that we've gotten pretty good at knowing Jesus. We've gotten okay at the Holy Spirit thing. But most of us have not done a great job really getting to intimately know the Father. And today I want to tell you, the Father is waiting. He's waiting. I feel such a sense of like excitement in his heart this morning. He's wanting you to know him so badly because he wants to show you everything that he is instead of everything that you've experienced so far. And he wants to radically change your life. So I'm going to invite the prayer people down and can I pray really quick? Father, I just thank you. Lord, we obviously need a lot of help, and your word says that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness, and honestly, for a long time, I didn't understand that, but I thank you that you're teaching me, and you're still teaching me, and that now I can honestly say that I know you, and I'm so thankful for your word. I am finally so excited about the truth. The truth is like the most amazing thing in the world to me, and it came from your mouth.
and from your heart, and I'm so thankful. And so, God, I just pray right now over our our family here and online. Lord, would you set the spirit of truth over us? Would you rekindle that sense of adoption that we belong to you? And would you teach us and refather us today in the name of Jesus? Amen. Well, thank you for being here. If you need prayer, physical, emotional, spiritual stuff, come down, get some prayer. Uh, If you're online, thank you for being with us. And we'll see you guys next week, 10 a.m. Blessings.